thanks for choosing the Looms and Me podcast. I'm Looms, and if you're anything like me, then you're probably doing a pretty passable job of adulting. So I hope this series helps you as much as it's helping me. We are all about growth and realistic self-betterment, both in our personal and professional lives. There's something new every single week, so if you like this episode, then head to looms.me for more. And this week, I'd like to focus on a very common misconception, one that I had for most of my teens and most of my 20s, well into, actually well into my 20s. And that's that uh, creativity is only for creative people. So I'd love for us to spend some time just breaking that down this week. And I am hoping that I can give you some tips on how you can also find and unblock your very own creative edge. I was able to do this myself and haven't looked back. So I hope that you'll find this episode useful. Growing up, I thought I wasn't creative. My parents love to sing and to this day they're never not humming along when any sort of music is playing. It's cute. They actually harmonize each other too when they're humming I don't even know if they realize they're doing it but it's just they just yeah they're adorable my siblings can all draw so beautifully my sister in fact I have commissioned her in advance to design my wedding dress and she agreed when she was like five or six I don't think she remembers no she does remember I did tell her but I plan to hold her to to that she draws incredible. She used to create these incredible designs. My brothers, both of my brothers, can also all draw really, really, really well. I, on the other hand, I read a lot when I was growing up. In fact, my dream career for the longest time was to be a librarian. Librarian? Librarian. <laughs> Purely for the fact that if you worked at the library, then there was no limit on how many books you could have out at the same time for students that limit was three so every time I had to make what felt at the time like a Sophie's Choice type decision about which of the three books from the pile of 10 that I narrowed down I would have to choose I would make a secret solemn vow to myself with all the determination that I had generated over the nine years I'd spent on earth so far that one day I would run the whole damn library and nobody would be able to tell me ever again that I couldn't take as many books as out as I wanted to. I digress. All of that really is to say that I was very much the odd one out of my lovely creative family. I hid behind grades a lot because I had no artistic talent that I had discovered yet. So I would focus and put all my energy into just getting straight A's. And so, of course, because I had the thought that I was the odd one out, I felt all the feelings that that thought triggered. And I resigned myself to a life of really only admiring other people's creativity. Now, photography changed all of that for me. And I didn't really start practicing it until I was in my late 20s. I can't draw to save my life, but I can absolutely create beautiful photography. And it turns out all I'd needed that that entire time was to find the right medium to bring out what was always there. And you can too. Now, are all humans naturally creative? 
science says yes. In the 60s, NASA commissioned a scientist called George Land to create a brand new, let's call it a testing methodology. I will link to the TED Talk he did about this uh, in the show notes, so you can check it out as well. Effectively, George Land was a scientist, and when NASA came and they presented him with this problem and said, we need a really quick and efficient way to identify our most creative and our most innovative scientists and engineers at NASA so that they could be assigned to some of the world's toughest problems which NASA was trying to solve. The test that George Land created actually ended up working really well, so well, in fact, that he decided to expand his work into a study and he spent a lot of time measuring the levels of creativity in children over a period of time. He really wanted to know if kids were, in actual fact, a lot more creative than adults. And if that was the case, at what point in a child's life do they lose that creative edge? It's a fascinating TED Talk. And if you have time, I believe it's about 15 minutes or so, definitely do check it out because he ended up coming to quite a, a an interesting handful of conclusions. But my favorite conclusion that he came to was the fact that human beings are actually born creative and that non-creative behavior is learned. And this was, again, based on the results of the study that he carried out. Now, if you're anything like me, you might be thinking, I have a serious job, there's no room to be creative, or I don't care about art, or uh, creativity is irrelevant in my life, or any number or any variation of those different thoughts. And I used to think all of those things too. And now, knowing what I know, I, I can see how misguided they all were. Because fundamentally, every single human being is born creative. So if you're one of the people who is having a lot of those thoughts, I want you to consider for a moment the last problem that you solved, either at work or in your personal life in general. Whatever this problem was, how and why did you solve it the way that you did? And are there other paths you could have taken to solve that problem? How would a child have solved that problem? How would an unreasonable person have solved that problem? Now, the answers to these will give you a few clues into your own unique brand of creativity that may very very well be lying dormant in your system. I especially like the last question about how an unreasonable person would have solved that problem because it just gives you... It gets you to think about a point of view that is different from your norm, which in effect is a form of creativity in itself. Now, if you can't be bothered to introspect, I get it. It's a lot of questions. And if you're having thoughts about how creativity is irrelevant in your current situation, then I have put a link for you in the show notes to a four minute test that you can take. And this test was devised by a collection of scholars and these guys put together this test which is super quick and it only involves one task so obviously I'm a big fan simple it's quick but in effect this test the purpose of this test is to 
measure where an individual's creative potential falls on a standardized scale. So have a play with it. See if the results resonate with you or or if the results even match what you would have thought or where you would have thought you fell on that standardized scale. Your results might just surprise you. If we accept the premise that non-creative behavior is learned, then theoretically that means the power to unlearn or at the very least intentionally rebalance the creative and the non-creative sides of your mind lies within us to some extent. We can all be creative. So let's take the problem-solving example again and think about how because we agree that we can all be creative, how do we actually go about unblocking that inherent creativity, which will probably be the most felt if you're somebody whose day-to-day doesn't necessarily prioritize or provide dedicated time for creativity. It's a luxury that very few people have. In the problem-solving example that we mentioned, we talked about earlier, there are a couple of ways that our brains think when approaching trying to solve a problem. There's two types of thinking. There's divergent thinking and there's convergent thinking. Divergent thinking involves using your imagination to come up with a new idea. Convergent thinking involves making a judgment testing, evaluating, criticizing the more logical part of your mind takes charge here. I'm a big fan of analogies to simplify big science themes. So in an analogy where we are trying to differentiate between divergent thinking and convergent thinking, divergent thinking, because it requires you to use your imagination to come up with a new idea, this serves like the accelerator of a car. Oh, in the analogy, we're driving a car. I should have led with that first. Convergent thinking, on the other hand, because it requires the logical, more logical side of your brain, the side that is making uh, testing, evaluating, criticizing, etc., that would be the brakes in this scenario. I'm not hearing any pushback from any of you, so I'm just going to go ahead and double down on this analogy because I think it's great. And if you disagree, then it's cool because I can't hear you, so it's fine. (laughs) All right, so you are driving this car and you have your accelerator, your imagination, creating new ideas, and then you have the brake, the logical side, stopping these ideas and applying logic to them. So if life is like a car journey, then... Having the ability to choose when to use the accelerator, a.k.a. divergent thinking, and when to use the brakes, a.k.a. convergent thinking, is crucial to your overall driving experience. See? It worked in the end. It worked out. I love it. Here for it. Now, in all the schools that I went to growing up, and I went to predominantly Western-led schools, so American and British schooling systems, the focus was almost entirely on practicing convergent thinking. We had to memorize and regurgitate information in a predetermined way in order to be deemed an academic success. And those who did the best in school memorized the most and were able to 
leverage their convergent thinking exactly as the school systems wanted them to. And no, the one hour of art class in an eight hour schooling day, just that didn't cut it. That wasn't enough, surprisingly. Now, the best ways that I've found so far to intentionally channel my inner creativity are, well, two ways, really. There's two main ways that I do that and have been practicing doing that. And I plan to continue practicing doing that. So number one is creating dedicated time and space for creativity. And I talked about this in the episode that I made, I believe it was episode two or three, about hacking my morning routine. And in that episode, I talked about explicitly carving out a few hours first thing in the mornings before the day job begins in order to let my mind wander with no boundaries and no explicit definitions of what being creative means. The focus was very much a output only and no input. So no podcasts, no music, some music actually, but try to do it in silence just to let my mind process what's already in there as opposed to taking on brand new information or brand new stimulus. The second way that I found to intentionally channel my inner creativity is by adding a either a physical limitation to my existing creative process or just doing something I do all the time but doing it slightly differently. There's a couple of ways that you can do this. For instance, if you are somebody who's already engaged in a creative pursuit and you are used to, let's say, writing on a computer, for instance, you might find that switching to pen and paper or even to a typewriter might help rejuvenate that process for you because it forces your brain to re-engage in the act of being creative. We've talked before about how our brains love to save energy and love shortcuts. And so sometimes forcing it to re-engage can spark something new for you. And if you're somebody who isn't currently involved in anything intentionally creative, It could be as simple as instead of sitting in the same chair every evening when you're home, sit in a different chair, take a different route to work, for instance, or just do something differently and see what that does. It just, it throws you off just a little bit. And I feel like for me, it throws me off just enough that my brain kind of kicks back in. Give it a go and see if it makes a difference for you. It definitely makes a difference for me. I feel like it sparks. That's the word I was looking for. It sparks something new. Let's say I'm trying to solve a problem or solve something that I'm stuck on or come up with a new idea for something. I'll sit in a different, on a different part of that sofa and I don't know what it is. Or I'll sit at the top of my stair, my staircase, or I'll just stand up when I have my lunch instead of sitting down it's there's something about that I don't have the science to back it up all I'll say is give it a go and see if it sparks something new in you you're basically doing something that you do in the same way every single time but you're you're doing something about it slightly differently however you decide to go forth and whichever of these ideas you choose or choose not to do, 
I, I suggest you choose to do them just to see, get curious with yourself. Whichever way you choose to go, always remember that every human is born creative and that includes you. And you can choose to start tapping into that any time you want. All right, that's enough of that. If you made it this far, you're a legend. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this right now. There's a new episode every single week. Tell your friends. If this resonated with you, then share it with somebody that you care about. And be sure to check out the show notes for anything that we talked about today, where I'll be sure to put in any additional information. Thank you so much.